Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, here is show number two as a solo. Uh, I had so much fun doing part one of the quest for purpose in that we didn't really have enough time to get into all the details of our new quest for purpose course, but which is built on the book of the same name that we really decided, uh, I decided, let's do a continuation of it and finish what I started or go as far as I can. Maybe we even have a part three as part of this. So if you haven't listened to part one, go back to that. We cover some of the stats and situations about, you know, why are people not living on purpose and just how um, debilitating it is in a sad state of affairs. And so we want you to be one of the individuals who's realizing their potential, living on purpose, and helping others to do the same thing. So in this show, we're going to start with a segment. And by the way, um, you know, at the peril of self-promotion is the new Quest for Purpose course uh, includes four assessments, my new PDF journal format of the Quest for Purpose, which is a fillable PDF uh, journal of the Quest for Purpose book. Uh, the four assessments in that book alone are worth 200 And uh, the online um, course, you go to crgleader.com, go to online courses, go to the Quest for Purpose, and you can read all about the information there. It will transform your life. I went through this myself with a coach in 1989. It put me on this path. Here we are, you know, at the time of recording, 32 years later, of being a professional developer and helping others to live, lead, and work on purpose. So the first part of the show, we're going to talk about the quest beliefs. And here, what we mean by this is that a lot of times when you get into people who want to figure out their purpose or a career, they don't have an underlying belief system or philosophy about how careers and life comes together. So we're just going to take you through the ones that we have in the book, uh, which are foundational to, you know, how I guide myself and how I make decisions. And then also it is a belief system. So what I believe, I mean, that's simple. Now we ended the last show with the first belief, which is the myth of motivation. And as a reminder, we don't believe in motivation, that motivation is a myth. And that interests draw and they really don't require motivation. You know, I love motorcycling. And so if I, if there's a beautiful day out, I don't have to force myself to get on my bike. I actually have to force myself to work. So I don't get on the bike uh, because I enjoy it so much. And a lot of times I'll go and just do it on myself going through the beautiful roads that we have here in British Columbia, Canada. And I'm about an hour out of Vancouver. So again, we only require motiva- motivation for those things that do not interest us. Interests really draw us in and they energize us. And so just keep that in mind that th- is your life reflective of that? The next belief is this concept of change form, not content. You know, our interests change their form, but really the substance, in our opinion, never changes. So, the fact that I uh, love helping other people, it just manifests itself in different ways. When I was younger, this ability to like speaking and helping others showed up in being an MC for volunteer banquets. And have you ever been to those banquets where the MC was the president of the organization and they were just horrid and they ruined the entire night? Well, that's where people are starting to ask me to said, 
because the MC is responsible to keep this going. I knew that even at 17, 18 and had a lot of fun with that and even, you know, embarrass myself and self-deprecating humor uh, because I enjoyed that responsibility. And I didn't have to think about it. You know, I don't know why I love speaking or doing podcasts or communicating and encouraging others. I just know that I do. And that's where interest comes. So we believe that interests really don't change their content. They change their form. So when I started this industry, if you can believe this, there wasn't even email. And I had to fly to Eastern Canada on a weekly basis for nearly a year to develop some a large national program because we couldn't communicate that. We were in the room together, working together, handwriting stuff. The person that had the uh, Macs or Apples in the background, they would be given that, come back to us, and then we would just have this working table for the better part of a year to put this program together. So uh, that wasn't there. But now, you know, here we are doing a podcast, recording it, having a legacy on multiple platforms, being listened to anywhere on the world at time. Wait, that wasn't happening back then. I do remember doing an audio magazine where I was the host on behalf of Harv Ecker and uh, Peak Potentials in where I was doing um, interviews for about an hour of New York Times bestsellers. Then it was transferred, transferred onto a CD-ROM and then list, sent out to the individual and listened to. So again, I'm still doing the same thing, but in a different uh, format. And so, my, and so if I, let's say, stop speaking, how, how, how would that form itself differently? Well, I would be doing something that would be helping others in that uh, progression of it and the development of it over time. The other thing about finding your purpose in life is life is constantly leaving us clues. The problem is, is most people aren't paying attention. They're not really looking for or paying attention to the clues. So when people, uh, you know, do these treasure hunts, they're looking for clues and those clues help them to find a direction. But if you're not looking for the clues, then how can you find the direction? So I need to be mindful. I need to be paying attention. So, you know, when I have something that really en is enjoying, you find it fulfilling. It's not effort. It's not work. Do you know what that is? Do you know what you don't want to be doing where you are paying attention and said, oh, when I did that, that really, that sucked. That wasn't something that I enjoyed doing. So part of this is can you learn to be quiet and reflective? Can you be mindful? We started the previous show and talked about self-awareness. This is part of that basic self-awareness. I knew when I was 16 that I loved speaking. Where it was going to go, I didn't get in the profession until I was 32. So it took another 15 plus years before I went into the profession, started as a trainer, then moving uh, up from there into keynote speaking, and then, of course, all myriads of different ways now. But I was paying attention even when I was younger. Now, I, was, I had my dairy farm. I was doing sales. But I still had this underpinning where whenever it was an opportunity to be an MC, I would do it. I would be asked to uh, do that role because it was obvious that I enjoyed doing it and then was also good at it as well. The other one, that, the next belief system is this concept of the myth of mutual exclusion. In other words, can we have it all? And the answer to that question is yes. 
But the reality is, is that who gets to decide what having it all means? Who gets to decide what balance means? You know, can you have successful work and a career and it means no health or no family? That's a myth. And so the reality is, is if I'm going to actually feel fulfilled, if I'm going to bring my best self and my whole self and have this fulfilling, fulfilling sort of life, then having it all is balance. It defines what balance means. But however, defining what mean, having it all means is up to you. This is your definition. This is your framework. It's not somebody else's. It's not what I think your uh, having it all should be. And for some people, oh, they need to have this kind of level house. This other person's, no, I've got what I need. I don't need to work any harder in this space. And so my encouragement is, is that you get to decide what having it all is and don't be compromising on this. And if there's something where you can't have it all, and I'm not talking about from a greedy point of view, but to have your health, your family, and your work, then maybe we need to rethink what's, what am I, what's, am I really doing what I'm called to do? Am I really, have I set up a business or an organization to serve me or am I serving it? So that becomes part of that question. The next belief system is this concept of idea precedes money. You know, the example that I have in the book is that an employee says they want to raise, even though they have not demonstrated that they even work hard in their current role. In other words, they're seen as lazy in their current raise. And they say to you, you know what, if you pay me more, then I'll work harder. But that's no, no, no. That idea precedes money or action precedes money is that work harder and then you might deserve this additional raise. But being lazy isn't going to cause that to happen. So this, this idea is, I get this, this sort of entitlement mindset. I get this before I've earned it is a dysfunctional mindset. It's effort and work, then the payoff. It is idea before the action. It, money never precedes the idea or the action. It always follows it. So keep that in mind that, oh, you know, pay me and then I'll do it. No. Uh, those individuals that really show their worth are the ones that are, for the most part, honored. Now, not always. Well, then work at a different place that does honor it. The next one, and this is so important because we really talk about responsibility, no excuses. You know, if you really are getting into your purpose, and you know what, by the way, I need this podcast as much as everybody else. I might be the author of it, but guess what? We need to remind ourselves of the stuff that we teach. The teacher needs it as much as the student. So just... I do not, I am not perfect in all these things, but it's something just to remind myself is that we all have stuff or issues that we can use as excuses that not now. So you need to do it now in spite of your stuff. Now, with wisdom, with diligence, or due diligence. So if there's stuff or issues getting in the way of what you really, really want to do, and so I'm assuming that you want you know what you want to do. I'm not saying you have stuff in the area and you are still confused. No, that's something different. On-purpose individuals take responsibility and never play the victim card. Yes, we've all had stuff that have happened to us, incidents that have occurred that are uh, sad or unfortunate. But if you play the victim card, then you've actually given the power away to the other people that, you know, if the victim is the government or this person or this environment, if you don't take responsibility, you'll never get out. 
And so many, many of my guests on the show over the last couple of years, they all say the same thing is that responsibility is where on purpose people live. And we just don't play the victim card or get into this naming, oh, you have this privilege or whatever. No, just get over yourself, move forward. Yes, there's stuff that's happened. We've all had stuff that's happened. And I've shared some uh, pretty impactful stories in the past. I won't get into it now, personally. But, you know, so my parents never said they love me. They don't, they never affirm me. You know, Ken, I'm not going to use, don't use that as an excuse for going forward. We all have stuff. The next belief system is beware or of the negative gurus. Now we talked about don't listen to what other people think, but this is very poignant. If you're going to make a change, if you're going to shift, negative gurus are sort of like all the people around you who, and many of you have heard this, everybody has an opinion, very few people have wisdom, is that everybody will have some kind of comment for you. You're not going to start your own business, Ken, are you? You're not going to uh, quit that and move over here. There are going to be all these people that are going to have these negative opinions. They're going to say, how do you raise your kids? And they don't have kids themselves. They said, well, how should you uh, be treated in marriage and never been married? I mean, these are the kinds of situations that are around us. And now with social media, of course, everybody shares. So I want to encourage you that if you're making some shifts, if you are making some decisions and you're moving forward, be very guarded about who you're going to share this information with. And even, not necessarily block, but really remove yourself from those people that have all these negative opinions is seek wise counsel, yes, but limit it to those people who have your best sort of interest in mind and family and friends usually aren't. And here's one of the other stories that comes out, and Marshall Goldsmith covers this in his book. When we are going into a new sort of part of our life, the people that we've known throughout our lives, our friends, or even our family and relatives, even though they don't say it, many cases they want to keep you where you've been, or they only remember you for who you were, not who you are. So part of this negative guru's protection is just beware of them. Is purpose, by the way, doesn't always mean popular. So make if you if everybody likes you if everybody is putting accolades on you i suspect you're not necessarily pushing hard enough is if uh, if there's nobody that's kind of pushing back i suspect you're not going hard enough and you're trying to ple- people please others is purpose does not mean, always mean popular doesn't mean you need to be mean or arrogant or any of those things it just means that when you go down your own path and you are making choices that are good for you, not everyone agrees with that. Now, this one might be hard to fathom, but career as an absolute is a myth. I believe that we have a calling and that we have a purpose and we have assignments that we had even as a birthright. You know, I don't even know why I like speaking, but I knew that when I was younger. Now, when I was growing up, another thing that was kind of negative is because I was verbal is, you remember the old saying, kids are to be seen, not heard? Who came up with that? How discriminatory is that? And what did that do to me where my uh, family would say to me, can you talk too much? And they would laugh and they mock. Well, guess what? Now I get paid to do it. Now, managing my interruptive nature and being appropriate with my conversation and not dominating or 
interrupting others. Yes, that is managing self. However, I like to communicate. I like to have conversations with others. Not always. You ask my wife, Brenda, there's moments where I just want to sit and not say anything to anybody and just kind of have my own space. So that idea of having a career and that's linear is something that's really old school. It's, we really have a life. And there's another thing that people talk about is I have a work life and I have a home life. Well, the, the, the lines are great. We just have a life. You know, it's all interspersed. It's all interrelated. It is simply a life. I have part of it where I'm working and part of it that I'm home, part of it when I'm not working, but it's still just your life. And this idea, don't get caught down to this place that a lot of standard career coaches will talk about SIC, standard industry codes or national occupational codes. There's no codes for what I do. And so you, again, as I said in the uh, part one of this podcast in the previous episode is that we have expertise, that we have a purpose. So if my purpose is to help others to live, lead, and work a purpose, then how does that show up? Is that a career? No, I do training. I do speaking. I do coaching. I do mentoring. I develop develop programs. I write books. All of these methodologies contribute to this expertise, but I don't per se have a career of a career as a professional developer to help others to live, lead, and work on purpose, but there's no SIC code or standard occupational and national occupational code for what I do. And so my encouragement is don't get trapped in that for you as well. The other thing is, is that, oh man, is so true today, is attraction versus distraction. And, and I can be this way. Not everybody is, but some can, is that the shiny object disease. So if we don't know who we are and what our direction is, and again, I'm guilty of this, is we get distracted by another option, another opportunity. And so your ability to stay on purpose, your ability to feel fulfilled means saying no as much as saying yes. You know, in spite of having it all, there is, and us agreeing with that, there's a certain amount of thing called capacity or limits and just physically can't do all of what you say you're going to do. So is having it all working like 20 hours a day and then seeing your family being health? Well, now we know that that's not having it all, that that's not possible. So there's some reasonableness that comes into the discussion. But my challenge to you is, are you saying yes to some things that you should be saying no? And is it a distraction? So I remember at one point when I first got in this industry and I had left my job and started this sales training franchise, I actually had seven different sort of businesses that were happening. And some of them were just opportunities that came my way and we were doing well with our training company. So we had some resources to invest. But these were all startups. And so I had an RV rental business. We had a gold mine that we were conned on some money on. We had an alarm business. I had the dairy farm. I had some uh, uh, rentals. We had the training company itself. Uh, Hello, this is crazy. This is not possible. Now, if you're an owner of multiple businesses and those businesses are independent from you and you're an investor, that's different trying to do all of these things. So a couple of these went bankrupt. And the reason being is that I was distracted. Now here was my problem. 
I was believing that my need for variety would come out of having all these different businesses. But I was immature and undeveloped in this is that really my need for variety is can be within this business. So this area of doing professional development, except for a couple other things, is my primary focus. And so I do some other things that are kind of keep me interested and bring that variety, but I don't have all these other companies. All of those are gone. And my ability to say no helped me to focus, to have energy and focus momentum in the area that I could say yes in. So what do you need to say no to? What is it that you have uh, that's a distraction rather than something that's contributing uh, to you? You know, the other one is, and I want you to understand what I'm going to say in this next one, is intolerance is okay. Uh, And somebody says, well, no, 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 we want a tolerant society. No, let me finish the explanation first. What I'm talking about here is that you cannot tolerate dysfunction. So if you're going to be the person that you want to be, and you, you can't tolerate really unhealthy, toxic environments, relationships, associations, all the things that we talked about here. So what we're saying is, is intolerance is okay as it talks about you becoming self-aware and living on purpose and getting in the direction and not feeling, you know, that I'm going to say yes or obligated or being part of a group because they asked you, but they're toxic or they're not going in the right. So all of those fit into it. And the other one is, is finding your like-minded tribe is so important. So don't tolerate the dysfunction. Is that is something that will slow down your progress or hinder it completely as part of that process. So again, just this is about the ability to say no as well as uh, yes. Now, this next one that we talk about in the Quest Beliefs is so important and that is the power of subtle sustainable approach you know I already used an example in many shows around being a um, a marathon runner and deciding is that here's the reality get rich quick schemes for the most part whatever the percentage is very very high don't work or get fixed quick when I got into this industry in my late 20s early 30s I really believed I didn't need the 10 years to develop my skills to be to have my craft as a speaker come to a significant level as a professional but it was interesting it was when I was 40 that I really started to get good and so it took me 10 years to be an overnight success and then in year 25 something happened was maybe just a maturity thing, maybe spiritual grounding and centering, centering, but there was another level that occurred of being able to serve others. And that's when you get out of ego and arrogance and you start really focusing on serving others. And there was just another level that occurred in our workshops. Our certification, our three-day certification program rated one of the top 10 in the world uh, by professionals as a train the trainer experience. And I think one of the reasons that went there is that I went there. We make a statement here is that our ability to serve others is equal to or less than our own development. So, you know, don't be seduced by the hype of the fast frantic quest and the quest process is about being calm, 
centered, grounded, mindful. Yes, now you can go fast, but remember, frantic and chaotic is not frantic. Frantic and chaotic, pardon me, is not something that you want to be in. Quest is grounded, centered, and it doesn't mean you're doing slow. It just means that you're not this hyper all over the place. So subtle, manageable changes over time <clears throat> requires patience. There was a research study done, and I, I rec- uh, sorry, I don't re- remember the source, but the study said if you're going to implement one change in your life, what's the likelihood of success? And they said it's about 85%. And then they said, well, what's the likelihood if I do two things? Well, then it drops to 50% success rate. And what if I try to change three things all at once? Then it goes down to 15%. So you can see that once I start adding light layers, then my success rate goes down fairly quickly. Now, in spite of that, one of the other items around having it all is what we call simultaneous activation. So it's a word that's proprietary to us, simultaneous activation. And here's what we mean by this. Let's say you have like eight core areas. We actually have 13 in the quest wheel, which is in the book and in the course. And you have 13 different areas is that we believe, contrary to other systems, that you need to take action in all of these simultaneously. And here's what we mean by this. Let's say you have a fitness goal, but you never work out for a month. Well, simultaneous activation means, you know, you need to keep that fitness level going. Now, it might be reduced because you have additional workload and you're an architect and that project needs to be done, you know, at the end of this month. So you're working like 10 hour days. That's fine. But you still need to maybe walk to work, get a bike to work, um, watching TV on a treadmill, whatever it is, is simultaneous activation is critically important. Now, here's what's important around this. It doesn't mean that you're putting equal energy or effort it just means that you are putting some kind of effort and you're not letting these spaces remain dormant because if it goes dormant, now you're causing imbalance. And this is something that's completely different than what most other people teach. So by doing everything, it actually creates balance. So example, let's say I'm working hard and then I don't have uh, any date nights or significant other time, then that's imbalance and I don't work out, then that's imbalance. Then I don't have and pay attention to my own wellness and health. That's imbalance. So it means all of these things are attended to. Now, for some of them, it might be just five minutes a week, but it's attended to, and that's all that's needed. It's not equal energy and time, but it is energy and time in all areas uh, simultaneously. The other one is we believe, I believe, that the quest process that we teach is a responsible way to lead your life. Self-centeredness really comes from you not finding your purpose, being miserable. I mean, imagine, you know, being in a job and there's, there was research that said nearly 50% of the population was actively disengaged and 25% were um, sabotaging the work environments because they were so disengaged. That's not responsible. So if you are living a life on purpose, you're enjoying what you're doing, you are in your interests for the most part, and by the way, we know that there are days you're gonna be off, but the majority of your life has this energy. That is the highest level of contribution. That's the highest level of well-being. 
it's the most fulfilling for you and it's the most fulfilling for the people around you. And so when I'm out of sorts, then nobody wants to be around me and I can kind of get a little testy and that would be same for you. So if I'm leading my life and I'm doing something where I love, I enjoy, and I have this balance and the interest and they're energizing me and my passions are part of this, wow, you're being responsible. You have this life. Are you taking it seriously? Are you being responsible? Now, by the way, one of the other character traits that I talked about or didn't talk about in, in the uh, part one is humor. So this is not about taking yourself seriously. It's taking the process seriously, taking life seriously. Is your highest level of contribution is when you're fully engaged and just, it's just happening for you and you've got these things figured out. So it is responsible. Now, a couple of cautions I just want to mention as you think about your life and moving forward, and it's in our quest beliefs sort of final couple of items, is... I'm not suggesting if you're miserable at work that you change careers and go submit your resignation letter tomorrow. Absolutely not. The best place to figure out your life is when you have some security or a position that you're already in. Now, you might know that it's short term. That's fine. But don't abandon that to go into this void with nothing while you're trying to figure out what something is. So stay grounded and centered there and then maybe make some steps about being clear about what would your, your next step be moving towards your uh, job or career or fulfillment or work aspirations. The next one is, is very sensitive. You know, sometimes we get into situations where we have life partners where they're not on the same page as us. Is, and this is, it was interesting comment a speaker shared uh, not long ago, and this goes totally contrary to what the world is teaching right now. And that is your partner's behavior is none of your business. Now, the abusive side is an exception <clears throat> and you can't tolerate that. But after that, a lot of times relationships um, are in their situation because I have to get better. So uh, maybe Maybe somewhere along the way, there's a change of a partner, but don't do that as part of this is that if that person's negative or toxic, I'm not asking you to change it. Change yourself first. Don't make any rash decisions. Start moving and changing your perspective. What are you thankful for? What do they do well? Now, maybe there are some uh, friendships and you want to move them out. I'm talking about life partners where you've made a commitment that you have an obligation is end your career, stay grounded and centered, and know where you're going first before you make any kind of rash or big decisions. Well, we covered a lot in this podcast around, this is just one chapter in the book, The Quest for Purpose, in one module in the Quest for Purpose e-course, which uh, you know, includes the four assessments, all the narrative, the PDF, the journal. So my encouragement is that you can go back and listen to this again. You could go to crgleader.com, go to the online courses, and then uh, you know look at the course. Maybe it's something you want, or maybe you just want to get the book, The Quest for Purpose. There's an ebook, or there is a hardcover book, or you can even just get the journal and start working on it and start reflecting on these quest beliefs. Do you have you embraced them? Do they, or what there's working? What are some places that you can start on? And just start with one and start thinking about it. Go back and, and listen to this over and over as far as the different components and what you're living and what you're not living. I 
mentioned this many times in the show already and previously, is that, you know, like every single person listening is important. Every single person is here for a reason and a purpose. That's my belief in that you have a contribution to make. I don't care what your circumstances are, where you're at. We've all had stuff happen to us in our lives where we could give up, quit, or nobody wants me. But be responsible, get the help, get friends, get um, support around you to take you to that next level where you have that affirmation. And maybe you're just rocking it in life already. So the next question is, how are you helping others around you? You know, the best way to actually grow your gift is to give it away, to be able to help others, to encourage others, to mentor others, to coach others, to volunteer somewhere so that others could live on purpose. I said this in the last show. I want to create a momentum, a movement where the world is living on purpose and that we have more people who are living on purpose than are not. And if it's only 10% now, let's try to double that. Let's try to have 20% where I like what they're doing. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And for the most part, my life kind of fits this direction. And I'm playing to my interests, my gifts, my talents, my abilities. And I'm on fire for life. And I get people around me that are doing the same thing. Oof, that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? So let's just do that. Now, as always, thanks for being a listener. Thanks to being part of these solo shows. We're just really sharing our heart about what's possible for you as you go forward and that you matter. And so do the work, take the responsibility. And if you don't do the work, then what's going to change in two weeks, two months, two years from now? Nothing. And so, you know, where will you be in two years if you don't do anything? The same place, maybe. And that would be a sad state if you're not completely happy with where you're at. All of us can grow and develop. So please pass it on, share, let other people know about it, leave a positive comment in whatever platform you're listening uh, on. You've been listening to Secrets of Success, and I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.